The Nonprofit Comeback Podcast with Garrett Housel. Welcome back to the Nonprofit Comeback Summit, everyone. Uh, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. And uh, we have a wonderful guest on right now. Um, appearing for the second time, we've got Heather Safkin, and she is absolutely phenomenal. So today we're going to be talking about uh, strategic planning and, and how you can really implement a strategic plan and get it off the ground and off the shelf, right? Um, so I want to introduce Heather real quick. She's got over 20 years of experience in the nonprofit sector, um, helping nonprofits, schools, city government, small businesses, and, and really where her expertise comes in is understanding organizational struggles, um, empowering change around communication, uh, systems of inequities, economic sustainability, and assisting businesses by developing social impact um, applications that are essential to the success of um, these areas. And so um, I am very happy to have her on today. Thank you so much for being here, Heather. Um, and, and so is there anything I left out there? Is there anything you want to say before we start? No, that was a, a lot, I felt like. <laughs> in in a, a summary, a quick summary, I, I've spent many years in the nonprofit space, um, 20 or so. And so I have experience in different capacities in all different areas. And so that's essentially what Garrett just said, was that it's a compila compilation of all of these experience over the last 20 years. Um, and so recently I just started my own um, business uh, coaching nonprofits. And so I do a lot of different things anyway. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. There you go. So um, let's go ahead and talk about strategic planning and, and what we can do to implement and get it off the ground. Um, but before we even get into that, can you tell us a little bit about what exactly is a strategic plan and why is it important? Definitely. So a strategic plan is really something that gives you a whole scope of your organization. And um, a couple of things of why it's extremely important is that it gives clarification for all the leaders in the organization it gives you know the mission, the vision, the values of your organization. Um, it really does invigorate, and and it helps deepen the engagement and commitment that staff have. Not only staff, but you have board members that would be involved, um, partners, volunteers. It just really like motivates everybody because they get to see this big picture of why their day to day is happening. And so I, I just yeah, go ahead. I I, um, it also will help you find where your struggles are. And this is huge, right? So in an organization, if in order to grow, you have to know where your challenges are and your struggles and you have to Absolutely. face them head on. You can't just sweep them under the, the rug. And you, you kind of, I don't know if anybody's ever heard the SWOT analysis. It's where you go through and you look at your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and then your threats. And this is something that can be done with or without a strategic plan. It's a piece of it that really does help you um, identify those areas and components. Awesome. So it, it's fun. Mm -hmm. So when, when we're talking about this, this SWOT analysis, that kind of leads me into to one of my first questions that I had is, what are some ways or, or how do we identify some of the strengths that have contributed to our organization's success up till now? Yeah. So I think a lot of times... Um, those strengths can be identified through uh, either, we'll say, physical 
ways of getting, receiving information back. So you could do surveys in essence, that's like a general one, but a lot of time anecdotals will help get this information to you. So identifying your strengths, you'll be able to know your strengths based on employee, employee engagement, um, based on employee response um, to questions you might have based on your participants and how much or how well they're participating. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different, um, areas there of learning your strengths. And there's something that in building your, your strategic plan and this is something I was going to mention a little later, but I think it's perfect right now is that you really want to look at, um, how much are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, like, so how many individuals are you serving? That's just a number, right? Sure. But how much are you providing to them? That's kind of the next step. Mm-hmm. And then is anybody better off? And that could be if you're in an animal organization, same, same questions or with the land or something like that. Right. So the ultimate goal is, is anybody better off? And, mm. um, and that is really how I look at, um, your strength. Like you will find your strengths in there. Absolutely. If you are able to answer that question. And, and, you know, typically organizations will have one strength that rises above, above every, every, every other one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what ways can we leverage that primary strength when it comes to developing a strategic plan? Mm, that's great. So, um, I mean, I think you kind of just said it. You want to put that in the forefront of knowing that you're leading with that strength in most everything else that you do. So if your strength is communication, then, then maybe it's communicating to your funders, communicating to your participants to, you know, like you're putting that strength in the forefront of everything else. Maybe it's fundraising. So um, how do you engage all everybody in fundraising? Or um, so I would just, that's how I would do it. It's just, it's the leader of everything else that needs to happen. Sure, sure, absolutely. So what kind of questions can an organization ask themselves in order to understand what is comprising their SWOT analysis? Um, What's comprising their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats? Yeah, so some of the, like, first for um, strengths is, well, we just talked about strengths. So let's talk about weaknesses, right? Um, It might be, you know, what feedback or where do we feel like we hear the most um, from the community on areas that they're not happy with? Um, It could also be internally. So that there's external and there's internal, right? And this is a big thing to really identify the difference. Internally, there could be a lot that might need to happen. And so um, administration and, and managers have to be ready and sensitive to the fact that you have staff might be speaking up. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there, there's a lot of different areas there. And if you're looking at opportunities, it's, it's also, so questions that might come up for opportunities would be, um, thinking about partnerships. Mm-hmm. So what other partnerships or what other, um, organizations are doing similar work or doing work that would fill a gap that we need help with. So then yeah. you're, you're saying that those those partnerships or prospective partnerships should be a part of that strategic plan. Ah, uh, yes. Kind of a way to move forward, right? Huge, huge part. Yes. Um, it, it, because it's just your your goal is strengthening um, your your goal, right? Sure. And your mission. And those are and, things that um, I'll get into. 
Yeah. And so like when it comes to the, the formulation of a strategic plan, right, we're going over this section about opportunities and we're talking about these, these potential partnerships. Is the strategic plan going to be a, a guide on how to facilitate that? Or is it more like we need to make a partnership with X organization? Or is it saying, here's how we're going to make an, a relationship with this organization? Yeah. So there's, that's a great question. Um, it's actually all of it. I feel like, um, of what you just said. And to back up a little bit, um, in the strategic plan, you will have a guide along, you create your own guide mm -hmm. for how you want to approach partners or how you want to approach um, participants. And that's part of your values piece that you develop. Right. Um, and this is something, imagine that you have, I always recommend as many staff, employees, volunteers involved as much as possible. Mm. Um, and so it might be, and the biggest thing is making sure that management and administration allows time for this to happen. Mm. That has to, it has to come from that capacity. Like, otherwise it, it's not, it won't be successful. And I, sure. like, I speak from lots of experience. And so you can imagine it being set up in like a one or two day retreat for all staff. Sure. Where you have a guide of um, somebody that can facilitate it or um, staff can facilitate it. Uh, or you could spread it out for like an hour once every two weeks for a year or something, you know, like there could be lots of variations, six months to a year. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and with those variations, there's also change that happens, right? Over time, organizations change. Yep. And so how flexible should a strategic plan be, generally speaking? Should it be more flexible for change or should it be prepared for that change or should it direct that change? Well, and I think that's a lot of what, um, where <laughs> your questions are amazing. <laughs> I really think that that's part of the strategic plan is to look futuristically, right? Because you're setting your goals and, and your goals are over, overarching. What kind of change do we want to see? Um, and then part of that are having objectives. How exactly is this going to look? Um, like, what are the steps that we'll take to get to that? And your outcome, what, what is the outcome, right? Absolutely. And so part of a strategic plan is looking into the future. So if we think we're going to see a a rise in homelessness um, during the winter months or something like that, then we know we need to ramp up um, staff. We know that we need um, these more, like we need to increase fundraising. Yeah. It could be all that kind of like tied up in a bow. And at the same time, you're looking at making sure that you revisit that strategic plan. And that's yeah. part of like getting it off the shelf and dusting it off is that there's probably a lot of good content and amazing ideas in it that sometimes maybe there's been staff turnover, you forget mm -hmm. about it, but revisiting it either on a yearly basis, or I, I prefer every six months, um, because then it just like kind of resets everybody and helps out in that area. So when you revisit it, you get to make tweaks to it for change. Right. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, you, you mentioned that there's an important acknowledgement of having as many people involved with this as possible so that you can kind of lead the organization uh, through the community and not necessarily just through just the board of directors, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, when it comes to these, these changes and, and 
tweaking it every six months or, or year or whatever. Um, what can we do in order to kind of look back and, and chart our growth, right? Because obviously that's important, but what are some practices that we could utilize in order to really make sure that we're reaching those benchmarks or establishing them in the first place? Yeah. So there's a thing called results-based accountability. Mm-hmm. And um, this is this is where I had those three questions come up. And this is where you can kind of track, this is tracking organization more so. Um, and I think that you can also do it internally, right? Sure. So you've got your external services. So you can ask how, how many are we, how many participants are we serving? How much are we providing to them? And then right. is anybody better off? You can ask those same questions internally as well. Um, and, and it's, it's charted. You could do that every single month. You can literally see your growth or your decline. Mm-hmm. And it allows a visual for all staff to see it. Um, it allows a visual for a management to see, okay, we have a dip here. What's happening? We need yeah. to ask ourselves what's what, going on. What are some of those indicators that would tell you, hey, we might need to look at the strategic plan. We may need to look at this, that, or the other and really review it, see if it needs some tweaking. What are some of those indicators? Yeah, I would think that... Um, like that might, you're asking what indicator might like spark, Hey, we're off base here or something that kind of, yeah. That's also kind of part of the strategic plan is it helps you identify what's priority in decision-making. And so I think it's part of that is that, um, are we, are we prioritizing all of a sudden something that should not be prioritized? So Mm -hmm. an indicator could be just that, um, I'm trying to think, you know, maybe, Maybe our goal is focusing on um, summer learning for youth. And we want to make sure that youth have access to um, as many books as possible. Yeah. Um, so that's our, that's our goal. Um, An objective is making sure that they have access to it. So right. if all of a sudden we're off over here um, working with the library around cooking, instead of working with library on books, um, it might be, I'm trying to think of, you're asking a general question of indicator, but I think it's very specific to the organization. Sure, sure, no, I I got that. Um, So then in this process of of developing and and fine tuning uh, our strategic plan and everything that that encompasses, uh, what really should be the guide for what we're doing or, or what, we're composing here. You ask that question again for me, please. Sorry. What, what should be guiding the decision-making process when it comes to developing a strategic plan? Yeah. So the, um, the core of, of what would guide it is the, once your mission is developed, mm-hmm. your mission and your vision are what would guide it. If that's, I'm not sure if that's what you're asking. Sure. Um, and they're, so they're are the mission and the vision kind of part of the strategic plan, or are they separate? No, they're 100 part of it. Okay. That is what you start with is that mission and the vision because that's what's going to drive everything. So when I'm over here talking about this prom- summer program for reading, is it going to ultimately work towards and get us towards our vision, which is maybe mm. um, all children in the city of San Francisco are at 
are um, thriving and happy, you know, is summer reading helping that? My answer is yes. And you can, I have like all these things of why, but those, those are things like, those are reasons why you have a vision. Um, and like 2025, you want this to happen. And then your mission is how you're going to get there. Then you break everything down to goals and objectives. Sure. sure. A lot of pieces. So yeah. go ahead. No, I gonna say the other thing is that really making sure that you're on target is um, with your goals and your, your objectives, when you're developing your strategic plan, it's tying those objectives to individuals um, work, right? So if I'm in a, I'm in an organization, I know that my day to day is supporting this objective. Mm -hmm. I'm more likely to be like aware of, okay, I might be off base here too. Um, sometimes it's a lot of work, but it's worth it when you have, um, it allows for the strategic plan to be fully implemented into the organization. So, you know, we, we're talking about this, this big plan, this big strategic plan, this monolith, right? What yeah. are some ways that we could kind of break it down so that it's a little bit more digestible, understanding the components of what all the strategic plan encompasses? Yep. So I would say there's, um, kind of the three, three areas that you'd want to look at with a strategic plan. Um, the first one is where are we at right now? So um, what services do we provide and what capacity? Um, how, how are we assessing it? Do we feel like we're doing a good job? So you look at the picture now. And the next one is where do we want to be? So this is part of like your mission, your vision, like all these things I've talked about, but these are the three areas. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And what do you need to get there? And how do we get there? So those are like the three components. And within those components, there's lots of different things. So where are we now would include history. And I think that's something you were kind of asking about how do we know if we're off target or you, you, have, you have a historical context that's written up that shows like this is where we used to be and this is where we are now sure absolutely and so those those three kind of areas um that we're looking at kind of help us develop that strategic plan just in a general conceptual sense yeah. right um so in terms of like a little bit more of, of an expansive strategic plan what are some of the things that you might include with a strategic plan that may not necessarily be um, inside of it, but rather right next to it, if that makes yep. sense. Yep, for sure. One would be a fundraising plan. Okay. That's, that's a huge one. Um, uh, there's also within a strategic plan or next to it is a budget, right? So if you're answering these questions of what do we need to get there, that's part of um, a budget and mm -hmm. that component. So budget, fundraising plan, and then also a marketing plan. Those are... Um, components of it or next to it. Sure. Let's be sure. three. So, mm -hmm. you know, earlier today we were talking with Jeremy Turner and had a wonderful session. If you haven't listened to it, you definitely should. Um, but, you know, he talked about a couple of other things when, when he was talking about like your continuity and, and your succession plans. Um, where do those kind of have their place in regards to our strategic plan? Yeah, no, I think that you're, thank you for asking that. Those would be included, especially succession plans. 
it's, it's kind of like, if this happens, then X occurs, you know, like, how do we um, handle change? How do we handle um, uh, an abrupt change? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it, some, some organizations that have a strategic plan in place that are implementing it when um, this pandemic hit, they, they were probably prepared in some manner how to handle a drastic change that, and that's where the fundraising plan comes into place. Like how do we handle if we have no more funds instantly? Yeah. That's what I talked about in my session right before this. So <laughs> if someone wants to learn about that then they can just go to mine. That's uh, great. <laughs> yeah, it, it is great. Um, you see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> it's very important though. I mean, yeah. like... <laughs> so what is, what is an indicator that you don't have, like if, if I'm in charge of the, an organization, obviously I know whether or not I have it, right? Yeah. But for, for someone who isn't directly responsible for a strategic plan, um, what are, how do we know that it's needed? What, what are some of the indicators that say, you know what, we should make or, or we should make a strategic plan or yeah. I need to talk to somebody about looking at one of these? Yeah. Um, mine always goes back to communication mm -hmm. and, and it's really looking at our employees feeling like they're understanding their role. Um, do they understand what they were hired, hired to do or contracted to do? Um, it, it does, um, the communicate, does communication go out to public like those are my indicators, honestly, on a large level, because in my mind, if communication is not happening, it means because we don't know how or what to communicate. So then you kind of think that the strategic plan ought to kind of direct how to communicate to the public and, and yeah. to the, the volunteers and the donors. What are, what are some methods by which an organization could communicate with the public or their volunteers or their donors? Oh, yeah. So let's, so um, one of the things that's also included in a strategic plan is, and I talked a little bit about this in my grant writing um, component, and that's what's so great about having a strategic plan is that you can just literally take the information and plop it into grants, tweak it a right. little bit, but there's a need statement, right? Yep. What does our organization need to succeed and implement our goals? Um, that will have statistics with it. Um, it'll be, you know, something like 98% uh, of um, females are not paid the same as males. I mean, I don't, I don't know that statistic. I'm just saying like something, right? And we're on a mission to change that. It could be something like that. Or it could be like 45% um, of um, African-American children are not reading at grade level and third grade. Um, by the time they're at third grade and we're on a mission to change that. Mm -hmm. So you want something that leads you into your whole mission kind of. Right. Um, and if you don't have that to communicate, then what yeah. you're just what kind really of spinning your, your wheels. Right. Yeah. And so to get back to your answer of like, what are other means when you have that, that is powerful. You can go on radio, um, TV, you can do, I mean, of course there's the general social media uh, LinkedIn, but that's when you can start to really be powerful with talking to private foundations, mm -hmm. corporations, corporations are huge in having, um, 
like their social corporate corporate social responsibility component. Mm-hmm. And so just understanding that piece, that's, this is a tool to communicate with them. Sure. sure a lot absolutely. of different. So, you know, when, when we come back to this, this idea about taking a broad look at everything, which communication is a, is a vital aspect of that, right? Um, you know, I, I think that this might be a good question uh, for for organizations to ask themselves, right? What, what kind of systems do we have? If we don't have them, what can we make? Or if we do, how can they be redesigned in order to be more successful, right? And, and so to what degree do you think that that question kind of plays a role in the decision-making process or the development of that plan? Um, how can we get that to be the mindset of people when they're making a plan? Yes. Ha. Ah. I feel like that's like an open. Yeah, it was um, kinda, I kind of answered sorry. myself. Like, this is an awesome question for organizations. They should ask themselves, is that important? Yeah. But, yeah, no, it is. Um, my brain went to the leadership mm-hmm. and leadership really has to be willing to adapt to change. Yeah. And, and I know I'm taking a little tangent here I just, I really, I've experienced a lot of that in my past few years of work that when leadership is not willing to embrace change, it's really, really difficult to even ask that question. Sure. Um, And I I bring it up because it's very common. And so when you're in um, an organization, working in an organization and change, you have to kind of create in your own little bubble in your space. It's like, how do we lead up? and out and down, um, without having the authority to. Sure. Uh, so anyway, I just, uh, I didn't I mean, those quite are hard situations question, to be but in. that's a, it's a very common one that comes up. Yeah. And that's a, that's a hard situation to be in. But if, if we're, we're talking about a strategic plan, then, and, and you believe that leadership as well as, um, everyone below that should be involved in this process of making the strategic plan, right? So yeah. uh, to, to what level can we say that, that leadership should be involved in that process? Because obviously they're the ones that, that are probably going to start the conversation, right? right. And, and we want them to be conducive to change. But mm-hmm. at the same time, shouldn't there's got to be a balance between um, leadership's influence and then the, the influence of, of the rest of the organization or, or the community, right? What yeah. kind of balance or what kind of um, tools can we use to, to achieve that balance? And, and how do we know when we've gotten yeah. to a healthy level? I think that one of the, the best tools is just making clear, clear um, statements about we know where we're at or we know... Um, say leadership can start the conversation and say, we want everybody involved. Um, This is why we want everybody involved because we hear, we know that your voice is um, you're on the ground floor, like day to day working in this organization and your voice is actually stronger. Um, And so there might be things that you bring up that would want to be implemented. However, we, you need to know that, and the ultimate decision is ours. And I just being super clear about stuff like that is, is a balance because right. then, you know, you have an expectation. Yeah. And so and when creating, it's very, it's very crazy because when I, I worked in an organization that I created a strategic plan, but I was kind of like in the middle 
of everything. Mm -hmm. So I had to keep pushing up to management to get them to speak out and tend to like bring stuff up or I'd pull something back into them and they'd be like, no. And I'm like, well, why? Well, whatever. But I'm, this is why I'm saying it is because if you have clear expectations on everybody's part, right. it, that's your balance. And, and that's goes back to the, the basics of open communication is important. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the strategic plan ideally would facilitate more transparency, more communication. Yes. Right. Exactly. Okay. So what are, what are some, I don't know if this is applicable because it does depend on the organization to a certain extent, but what are some things that we can put in place that facilitate more communication within our organization, generally speaking? Yeah. So I think, um, definite systems, um, systems for updates from your leadership on um, overall how the health of the organization. That's a huge one, I feel. Um, and that could be like on a quarterly basis or something, you know, mm-hmm. like here's our budget. Here's um, where we need to grow. Here's where we have a deficit. Mm-hmm. Just being transparent about some of that stuff. And, and um, I feel that that that's a great area for open opening up communication and then it can go vice the other direction as well and just having those consistent means of of allowing for conversation to occur sure sure that's that's great um i don't know if we have any questions let me double check um, now, uh, if you have any questions, uh, you can go ahead and ask it in the Facebook Live. You can ask it right here on the Zoom chat. Uh, you could text your question to the summit number where uh, we'll do some real-time uh, questions and answers. Um, but before we get to that, uh, Heather, are there any kind of like golden nuggets uh, that you want to drop before we kind of close out this conversation? Um, but actually, before you answer that question, I, I just kind of wanted to say is that a lot of the things that we're saying and talking about kind of mirror business and, and yes. nonprofits are, are about causes. They're, they're about a mission. They're about a purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that sometimes people get too involved with that mission, that purpose that they forget to treat this business like a business, even though it's yeah. not for profit. Right. And so ensuring that that same kind of mentality or understanding is present within an organization is, is just as important as it is for a company or a for-profit business. Wouldn't you agree? I a hundred percent agree. Yes, it's very true. And a lot of times individuals in nonprofit organizations, they lead with their heart mm-hmm. and that's what happens when you lead with your heart too much you don't have a budget to do what you want to do with your heart kind sure. of thing. Some so people's hearts is, are really big. They, yes. Yes. And they end up giving from themselves too much. That's a whole nother topic, but <laughs> self-care as you're running a nor a nonprofit. <laughs> anyway, I, um, I see What's this question. Yeah, we've got a We've got a question um, yeah. from Jessica and she says, are there any exercises or questions slash conversation jogger guides that you could suggest? to encourage that communication to open up and guide that process? Yes, so I actually have, um, I have some that I could send to you, Garrett, that you could send out. 
and um, I, I don't know the name. I think you already sent it to me, and I'm pretty sure they can get it if uh, they text Heather to 888-357-4456, and uh, that'll give you all of Heather's uh, contact information. You'll be able to reach out to her um, if you want her services, but it's also going to give you access um, to the guides and the tip sheet that she provided for us. Yes, so, yes. There Excellent. you go. Thank you. Absolutely. Can you think of any questions that, that might uh, encourage the communication to open up though? I think um, my, my, I have one thing to recommend doing. Okay. And that is to read the book called 360 Degree Leader. 360 Degree Leader. Yes. And part of that is talking about leading from any portion of the organization, but really it does also look at where's your comfort level. Are you comfortable having somebody call you out on something? Are you comfortable having your weaknesses show up? And that's really where communication tends to break down is our confidence level. Um, And so questions to open up more, uh, more communication is really about comfort. And so that would be where my first questions would be. be how comfortable are you speaking up in a room? Mm-hmm. Maybe having different means of um, expressing yourself. Email. I mean, there's like lots of different levels there. Different modes of communication. Yeah, there are. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's awesome. That's great. And, you know, I, while I I think that being uncomfortable is a good thing in a lot of circumstances, uh, when it comes to hard conversations like this, sometimes uh, being uncomfortable can lead to suboptimal results, right? And so um, definitely weighing that with the situation of like, is this a situation in which um, being comfortable is is healthier for the conversation um, rather than having to call someone out, right? Because getting called out probably isn't ever comfortable. Nope. But at the same time, that's what that's what spurs on growth, right? So um, thank you so much for your insight. Thank you for all these little golden nuggets, um, all, all the information that you've provided us. I know it's going to be super helpful uh, to everyone who listens and everyone who's watching. Um, this has been an absolutely wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Derek. Um, This was a wonderful session with Heather talking about uh, strategic planning and and how to get it off the ground and and out of the shelf, right? Uh, So if you enjoyed that, uh, make sure that you connect with her. She's on LinkedIn, she's on Facebook, um, and you can get her contact information by texting Heather to 888-357-4456. Next up, we are going to be talking to Kyle Cavus, and uh, she's going to be talking about how to leverage non-traditional marketing to grow your organization's visibility. And I think that this is going to be an awesome session. I'm super excited to have it. Um, And and if you want access to that, but you didn't sign up for it initially, uh, you can do that by texting the word event 12, event 12, no spaces to 888-357-4456. I think I've said that number enough, but if you want access to Kyle's session, you can text event 12 and that'll give you the link. Uh, Thank you guys so much for attending. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening and engaging. And I hope you have a great day. Garrett Housel from the Nonprofit Comeback Summit, signing off. (laughs) 